Tell me about it. You might have noticed my hands look stupid as heck. Well, I, okay, so you're sitting far away from me. So I was trying to tell if you'd got them redone. I have. Or if you, with just like a very similar color to before, or if I just can't see how grown up they are. They are almost the exact same color as before. I, just sidebar for me, I was very tempted to get the same color I got before mm. because I liked it so much. It's very nice. I, I like yours, it. by the way. It's okay. I think I'm going to go back to that color because I feel like I just want like I a I feel nude. like we both found the perfect color and we're just like not prepared for that emotional roller coaster. True. It's like summer. Anyway. Okay. It's, it's the perfect summer color. It's yes. like a pearly white. It's perfect. Except I went to not the usual place at um, Town Nails, but because I was running really late and needed to get it fixed because they were so grown out. It yeah. was disgusting. Yeah. I went to that crap place down the street. Oh no. Which like not the one that I went before where they, when they just took them off and they did such a bad job at the other place where I've been once before and had like a fine experience when I got a pedicure. Right. But they were just like, they're first of all, I walked in knowing it was going to be a bad time. I knew. Yeah. And she knew. She knew she was going to give me a bad <laughs> manicure. We both knew. Didn't say one word to me the entire time except for color. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I said, can I have the same? And she goes, like shrugs. <laughs> and kind of goes and looks at it. And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Sure. I said to her, because I always say, I'm like, I just want a polish change. Can I please not have you cut my cuticles? She goes, hmm. And then cuts my effing cuticles. Yep. But by the time she started doing it, I can't tell her to stop because she's already done one. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I thought she was just going to do like little hangnail lace or something around. Or like, I thought it was just going to be a very, very minor cut. But no, all my cuticles got cut. And I'm so mad. I was on the verge of throwing up in the chair. I can't believe you didn't like just pull your hand away and stop. No, I was so taken aback that she did it. And I was like, I don't think she understood what I asked. No. Which... Fine, fair. I understand that that's like a language barrier exists, but she did it and it, I swear to God, she looked mean about it. <laughs> Anyways, so she did it. She paints the nails. The entire time I'm looking at her painting them, I'm like, these look like shit. She somehow, I don't, this is some real white lady problems here, <laughs> but I don't know how she did it, but she somehow managed to paint them in a way where it's very evident where the old polish was, like where the grown out line was. So it looks like, what? can you not see it in there? Like the top, the bit closer to my cuticles is lighter than the cl bit closer to the tip. Did she not take off the other she polish? She did, which is the weird part. So I'm just like, I don't even know how you manage this lady. Weird. Yeah, so I'm very disappointed in that. And I still tipped 15% even though I was pissed. As I was sitting there and she was cutting my cuticles, I was like, I'm not tipping this. I'm not doing it. And then I got there and I was like, I can't not, I can't. So that's the struggle that I've faced this week. I'm sorry for that struggle. Last time I got my nails, I did mani-pedi. Oh no. Cause I've decided that every, I say it every year, but this year it's like, no, we're doing it. We're consistently getting pedicures. You know my feet are a disaster. I'm so proud of you. I mean, no listen. There's no on earth that could fix me. It was like mm, over a full month between the last time I got one. But we are now actually officially in summer, so I feel like this is this is number one. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's going to be fine. I need to figure out a schedule because mm. every three weeks is too much. I think you have to push it to a month, unfortunately. I know. But then it's, it's like, then grody. you're off. It's... On the yeah. hands. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to be accompanied for pedicures, I would need to go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I got to get my feet in order. They're disgusting. Thing is, is if I consistently get pedicures, it doesn't change anything. My feet are still so gross. Yeah. I think people who listen and like the three people who don't know what we look like, they must assume that you are just sitting here with a gremlin because that is the way I present myself. I'm a nice lady, you guys. Like, yeah, I, I'm you fine. Um, I do have clinically gross feet, but besides that, um, anyways, 
the trials and tribulations we faced. You know what they're not as bad as? What? Child slavery. <gasps> uh, anyways. Welcome we're talking. Pantry staples, everybody. <laughs> the podcast where we dish on your fave foods and also unfair labor practices. Hell yeah. Comrade. Um, I'm Marika. And I'm Emily. <laughs> and today we are also talking big chocolate again. This one, I wanted to talk about the Hershey's company, but I also wanted to talk about some of the negative impacts, obviously a little bit more in depth. I know I've said them before, but I'm just going to scream about the same thing, really. Um, so Perfect. there you go. Yeah. Excellent. I was about to be like, didn't you do Hershey's last week? And no, that was Nestle. Nestle. I Nestle. Big can chocolate. Tell big chocolate apart. Well, that's the thing is like, it doesn't really matter. They're doing the same nonsense. All of... Anyways, we'll get into it. So Hershey's company traces its origins to 1880s when Milton S. Hershey founded the Lancaster Caramel Company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Milton. Uh, Can't trust a Milton. I'm sorry. Never. Never trust a Milton. Um, what is it in uh, Arrested Development? A Milton man? And they're the ones that are like seen not or not seen or heard. I, I don't know this, but I'm pretty it sure that's right. the name of the school. Yes. Anyways, um, after seeing German-made chocolate processing machinery at the World's Columbian Exposition of 1893 in Chicago, Hershey decided to go into the chocolate business. Okay. 1894, he started a chocolate company that had various confections on the market for the following year. In 1900, he sold the caramel company to a competitor and began the manufacture and sale of milk chocolate bars. Who was the competitor? Do we know? Calm down. Okay. <laughs> Business was so successful that in 1903, Hershey started work on a new factory in Dairy Township, Pennsylvania. Dairy Town. Dairy Town. It eventually became the world's largest chocolate manufacturing plant. An unincorporated community called Hershey developed around the factory. Isn't that interesting? Like, Uh I I love the idea and, like, also kind of hate and I'm terrified by it, but it's, like, a very interesting idea of communities that spring up around one industry. Like, mining towns are so fascinating. But you always forget that you can do it with other things, too. It's so many other things. I mean, and like even the, like I'm listening to podcasts doing a series on like the uh, development of the atomic bomb. Oh, interesting. And just like the, the community that had to spring up in, uh, like for the fucking Manhattan project. It's like crazy. It's wild. Hey. Cause like people have to live there if you need people to work all the time. Or like, obviously this is totally off topic, but Mm -hmm. tracing it even farther back, the communities that sprung up around pyramid construction, (gasps) like the garbage dumps around those towns. So interesting. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I never even thought about that, but of course. Of course, because it's a massive amount of labor. It's like decades long, like projects. No, and they, they... The dumps are such interesting uh, records for, like, just how, like, they show people were living here and doing the same stuff. There's, like, grocery lists and, like, love notes and that sort of stuff. It's, like, very cute, right? Love it. Uh, So, anyways, that's totally off topic. The town of Hershey. The town of Hershey. Uh, Product line steadily expanded with the introduction of Hershey's Kisses. Ooh! um, What year? 1907. Wow. Um, milk chocolate with almonds in 1908. Mr. Good Bar with peanuts in 1925. And Crackle with crisped rice in 1938. Wow. I know. Uh, Hershey contributed to World War II war effort with Field Ration D, an emergency nutrition bar that did not melt in tropical heat and was intentionally not tasty enough to tempt soldiers to eat it as a snack. Oh my goodness. Field Ration D. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just like, again, I love that... No, I don't. I hate it, but I'm obsessed, <laughs> I suppose, yes. with the idea of all these companies being so involved in World War II and just, like, the sheer amount of production that needed to happen to feed these people. Yeah. And also, like, what does it say about, like, America in this time period and just, like, 
mm, capitalism in general, where it's like, let's make something that's not good so they don't eat it all. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You want something that they're only going to eat in an emergency. And like, if I was sitting in the trenches, the first thing I'm going to do is eat my chocolate bar immediately. I have no impulse control. No. I have my wet cigarette and my fucking chocolate. And I just (laughs) be like, I guess this is today. And then next day when I'm captured, I'd be like, I biffed it so hard. I know. It's like that guy in like the plane crash in the Andes that ate like an entire, like just a single peanut over like days not me never never me oh my god can you imagine having that sort of impulse control i mean i guess if you know you're like about to starve to death or eat your friends no i would this is the difference between me and every person trying to stay alive in a zombie movie yeah is that i'm never gonna try and stay alive eat the peanut jump off a cliff just done lying starfish on the ground in the snow just like take me just yeah it's done it's over i think freezing to death is supposed to be an actually quite peaceful death because you fall asleep Hmm. There you go. That jungle book that I just finished was horrifying. And there <gasps> is a bit where somebody like literally dies in the snow. Horrible. The main character, Jurgen, he has to like carry his wife and like uh, pull behind him, his young cousin, to get to the factories on their two mile walk in freaking Chicago winters in like hip deep snow. No. No, it's just, the book was so sad. I actually can't even think about it very much because I'm (laughs) devastated. I will get back to this. Okay, 1960s, Hershey's bought the manufacturer of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and two pasta businesses. Later, they dumped those. The pasta Um, (laughs) businesses. I know. It's like, this is is off brand for us. What are we doing? Weird. weird? Um, Too too much diversity. Well, in recognition of its diversification, the company was renamed Hershey Foods Corporation in 1968. Hmm. Two notable changes came shortly afterwards. After many decades at five cents, the price of the standard milk chocolate bar went up to 10 cents. Bar size had diminished in the past, though, over the years. okay. So, anyways. In 1970s, the company responded to increased competition, most notably from Mars Incorporated, by advertising to consumers for the first time. Wild. What? Yeah. 70s? Yeah, 1970, they're just like, I guess the ad game is where we gotta be. How could you, like, what? How could you survive the entire... Wow. I give you the shrugs, I don't know. Wow. I mean, I guess if you've got an entire town named after you, people are like, yeah, Hershey. Yeah, we've been there. Uh, We went on vacation. (laughs) My wife's sister's aunt's cousin's yoga teacher works there. Uh, During the 1980s, the company purchased the American operations of Cadbury Schweppes, thereby becoming manufacturer of Cadbury and Peter Paul products in the United States. Peter Paul? I don't know what that is, but apparently. Yeah. Uh, Hershey made a major expansion into non-chocolate candies in 1996 when it acquired Leaf North America, owner of Jolly Rancher and Payday Brands. Uh, 1998, the company sold off its past operations. They didn't have them for long. Uh, so Cadbury is Cadbury again? Or no, is no. Cadbury still Hershey? Cadbury is still part of it. The the pasta was sold off. So oh, pasta's yeah, yeah. gone. Okay, right. Um, Sorry, I thought you said it's past operations. No, no, no. That's <laughs> my bad. Uh, 1905, back in then, Milton established the Hershey Trust Company for the upkeep of a school for underprivileged children. The facility eventually became known as the Milton Hershey School. He later donated most of his Hershey stock to the Trust Company, which by the early 21st century was the largest shareholder in the Hershey Company. Seems kind of sketch. Don't really understand. I feel like that's like, okay, cool, like school for underprivileged kids like that sounds like a good thing but i just i don't i can't trust him i feel like i can't also just like when we hear about the later things the idea of you taking care of children seems laughable Mm -hmm. um it's almost like for tax breaks and stuff yeah yeah cool Uh, cool 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 cool. and just like 
You're using child labor to produce your chocolate, and yet you have these five asshole kids over here that you're taking. Whatever. Uh, December 2011, Hershey reached an agreement to acquire Brookside Food Limited, a privately held confectionery company based in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Oh! Which I thought was really funny, but also kind of sad. Poor, poor Brooksford blueberries. True. Um, in uh, April 2015, the Hershey chocolate plant at East Chocolate Avenue in Hershey, Pennsylvania, was demolished to make way for a mixed-use development. No. In 2016, Hershey acquired Bark Thins, a New York-based chocolate snack food company that expected to generate between $65 million and $75 million in revenue for that year for $290 million. I've had Bark Thins. Yeah, they're good. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, the Raise the Bar Hershey campaign was launched in September 2010 by Global Exchange, Green America, the Oasis Trust, and the International Labor Rights Forum. The purpose of the Raise the Bar campaign was to pressure Hershey to commit to take immediate action to eliminate forced and child labor from Hershey's cocoa supply to sourcing 100% fair trade certified cocoa beans by 2012 for at least one of its top five selling chocolate bars, making at least one additional top five selling bar 100% fair trade certified every two years thereafter, and that the majority of Hershey's cocoa across all products will be fair trade certified by 2022. Sorry, so this is coming from... This is a campaign from, uh, like... Outside? From outside of Hershey. Oh, they sure... Yeah, are. okay. They sure as shit aren't doing this. No, it's... Uh, like, yeah, the, we're gonna not do that, actually. No. Global Exchange, Green America, Oasis Trust, and International Labor Rights right. Forum. Right, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so as of 2023... Mm-hmm. No success. Yeah. Uh, the pressure was particularly directed at Whole Foods Market, which announced on October 3rd, 2012, that it would cease carrying Hershey's Schaffer-Bergen line. What? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. They basically they're like no Hershey's Frost. Yeah, Hershey's uh, is canceled because yeah, we're the, too pure. <sighs> the campaign stated Whole Foods decision follows more than 40 natural food retailers and co-ops publicly expressing concern about carrying these products as a consequence of the giant chocolate maker's refusal to address child labor in its supply chain. The same day Hershey announced it would source 100% certified cocoa for its global chocolate products lines by 2020 and help to accelerate its programs to help eliminate child labor in the cocoa region of West Africa. Which they never did. Of course not. They're like, we set it online, so it's basically as good it's as actually done. doing it. Uh, in 2019, Hershey announced that they could not guarantee <laughs> that their chocolate products were free from child slave labor, as they could not only trace about 50% of their purchasing back to the farm level. Mm-hmm. According to the Washington Post, the commitment made in 2001 to eradicate such practices within four years had not been kept, neither was the... Uh, neither at the new deadline of 20, 2005, sorry, nor with the revised deadlines of 2008 and 2010, and the <laughs> result was not likely to be achieved for 2020. Clearly. Yeah. They're In, just like, I don't know, we have absolutely no way of finding out. No one else, it's, it can't be known. It can't be known. There's no way. Uh, December 2022, Hershey was subject to a lawsuit over the amount of lead and cadmium (gasps) in the company's products, especially the special dark bar, the 70% lily bar, and the 85% lily bar. Lawsuit alleges that the company failed to warn consumers about the amount of metal in the bars and is based on findings published by the Consumer Reports magazine in the States. Did they make any jokes about Cadbury containing cadmium? Because it sounds the same. They should have. I don't think they went there. I think no. they took it very seriously, actually, Marika. Very, very seriously? seriously. To the point of, but not doing, not enough to do anything about it? Oh, yeah, no. I mean the newspapers. Oh, the newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They no. took it seriously. Uh, but Hershey, Hershey's, they didn't give a fuck. Milton Hershey the seventh wasn't like... It's just like... Sorry, we bought this cadmium. Uh, Cadbury. 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 Oh, we don't know. Cadbury don't know. cadmium bar. There it is. Whew. You got Made there. It. Flawless. <laughs> Chef's tip. <laughs> 
Okay, World's Chocolate Companies have missed deadlines to uproot a child labor from their cocoa supplies in 2005, 2008, 2010. They are going to miss all subsequent deadlines as well. Yeah, duh, because they don't care. Because they don't care. Uh, <laughs> the odds are substantial that a chocolate bar bought in the United States is the product of child labor. About two-thirds of the world's cocoa supply come from West Africa, where, according to a 2015 U.S. Labor Department report, more than two million children were engaged in dangerous labor in cocoa-growing regions. Yep. So, really sad. Yeah, which, I mean, we knew from past... We knew, and again, this is not new information that I'm giving you here. It's just, like, I really wanted to hit home, like the absolute unwillingness to change and i feel like that's what we're really seeing in this and also like as it seems like the lack of repercussions like yeah there is that's <laughs> like, the thing is like everybody is too tired and like over consumed by a million other bad things that are happening to do anything like i we're not going to go on strike and not eat chocolate because unfortunately he owns like all of these all big of- four companies which are doing the exact same thing are all the chocolate that you're getting unless yeah. you are actively sourcing fair trade chocolate. Yeah. Which if you're stopping at the local 7-Eleven to get a chocolate bar or if you're just like out and about and you want a little treat, the chances are that it's going to be fair trade, very minor. Yeah, absolutely like, not. almost no. impossible. No. It's not to say that you can't get this. It's just like you have to be very intentional with your eating habits, which so many people are not. It's because they don't have the capacity to. Exactly. Yeah. Like we said in terms of the people who are doing uh, farming practices in mm-hmm. uh, Western Africa that are really not sustainable and they're very like environmentally dangerous, uh, the gold mining, because yeah. you can't be an environmentalist when you're poor and you can't care about every single issue when you're distracted and just living your day-to-day life and trying to sustain yourself like that's unfortunately what it is and also like it doesn't seem like i mean i've always known that well i guess i don't really buy hershey's products because i don't think the chocolate's good no but um but it's you're probably still buying something from somebody else because you don't so it's like so that's what i was going to say is like even if i know that hershey is like bad i might not know that exactly brookswood or bark fins or whatever are owned by them and getting the same chocolate by nefarious means exactly um let's see when asked this spring representatives of some of the biggest and most well-known brands hershey mars and nestle could not guarantee that any of their chocolates were produced without child labor um (laughs) just like yeah what an insane thing to have to say like out loud like i don't know they might have used some like 10 year old kids to do this and Um, it's like you know that they're just doing like passing the buck and like blaming the farmers 100 percent yeah yeah um, one reason is that nearly 20 years after pledging to eradicate child labor, chocolate companies still cannot identify the farms where all their cocoa comes from, let alone whether child labor was used in producing it. Mars makers of M&M's and Milky Way can only trace 24% of its cocoa back to farms. Hershey, uh, 49% to the farms. Yeah. Uh, to succeed, the companies would have to overcome powerful economic forces that draw children into hard labor in one of the world's poorest places, and they would have to develop a certification system to assure consumers that a bag of M&Ms or a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup did not originate with the swinging of a machete by a young boy. They uh, had the Washington Post go in and interview children who are working on a farm. Yeah. There's, like, the person who's overseeing the farm, obviously, like, eyes on these kids as they're doing it. There's three young boys, the oldest of whom says he's 19, and then as the farmer, like, the guy who's supervising the farm looks away he shows that he's 15 like he writes 15 Uh, in the dirt and he's been doing it for five years like uh, this is a child that they interviewed his name is abu like this is a real person yeah that is farming your chocolate and knows that like it's not like he's it's not like he's out there having a fun time like he knows that it's wrong because he's he thought that he was going to be able to go to school because of this money and he is not (sighs) 
Uh, so sad. Yeah. So, but when the businesses initially made the promise to eradicate child labor, according to industry insiders and documents, the companies had little idea of how to do so. Their subsequent efforts have been stalled by indecision and insufficient financial commitment, according to insiders. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. Is, of course we knew this, but, like, there was no plan. There was never a plan. They're putting no money into having a plan. No. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. typical Ivorian cocoa farm is small, less than 10 acres, and the farmer's annual household income stands at about $1,900, according to research at Fair Trades, one of the groups that issues a label that is supposed to ensure ethical business methods. Um, that amount is well below the... World Bank level that defines poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 60% of the country's rural population lacks access to electricity. And in t- according to UNESCO, the literacy rate of the Ivory Coast reaches about 44%. <sighs> so those children who could be going to school and becoming educated and learning to read and raising their country up are instead stuck in these farms. Yeah. Doing what is, by all accounts, brutal labor. Brutal um, labor, labor that adults don't want to do exactly. and are like actively fleeing. Yeah, And like they're getting like we talked about this a little bit last yeah. time but like these kids are getting trafficked too like it's not mm-hmm. like they're with their families on their family farm and no. aren't able to go to school like yes that's some of the cases where it just happens to be that you don't get put in school you get put to work but other times the situation is far darker yes um, of course it is it always is and then let's talk about climate change very briefly like just two points <laughs> uh cocoa crop production is intimately tied to climate change as a consequence of deforestation and land clearing so they are actively removing tropical forests and like jungle and like productive areas of land clear cutting them and then planting cocoa trees so horrible yeah um cocoa generates environmental impacts which fuel climate change as a result of the production of chocolate following the production of raw material which also exerts a net negative carbon footprint so there you go yeah it's just like i mean like it's every it's like how many times this is on your pantry tables bingo card monoculture monocrops like when you're only farming one thing in an area it's not good it's not good it's not good um yeah they like i said they clear the tropical forest to plant this uh instead of reusing the same land the practice has spurred massive deforestation in west africa particularly in the ivory coast where this is the predominant crop Mm -hmm. Uh, experts estimate that 70 percent of the country's illegal deforestation is related to cocoa production and so here you have a product that is owned by basically four companies across the world you cannot identify where this stuff is coming from Mm -hmm. and we on a consumer level can't even really identify what company we're buying this from yeah because it has been so well masked by all these different brands Mm -hmm. and yet i want us to think about the 1964 story charlie and the chocolate factory (gasps) this is something that is so integral like i this came up kind of in the research of that was the year that this was produced but like Chocolate is so linked to children and like, Mm. it's such a like fun thing that we talk about. It's so like all these lovely childhood memories. Like you go Halloween and you get all your little candies, that sort of stuff. Like this is so ingrained. This is like literally one of the most famous like children's authors writing about this. Yeah. And even in his depictions of it, there is forced labor. And and malice and like ooh, like yeah. a dark side to it that's always kind of just bubbling under the surface of even something that is so lovely in so many ways but because like and as we've been talking about throughout your chocolate series mm-hmm. it's like the actual like to get the chocolate that we know today that is associated with like yeah childhood joy and whatever it's always come from a mass-produced like market capitalist mm-hmm. f- version of what chocolate and cocoa Mm -hmm. could be or yeah 
Yeah. So I think I did that in like maybe 20 minutes. So sorry that I don't have more to say, but like, and I know that I have said all this before, but I really just, I felt like it was important to sit with another one of these companies and give you almost, I thought it was impactful to have almost the same kind of information go out because I want to show you this is literally the exact same story every time. Yeah. Like anytime you're buying one of those like grocery store chocolate bars. Yeah. So this humble little fungus that made a delicious product was then carried from South America into Europe and then it all went to hell. I mean, and isn't that the story of preach most all foods? Yep. Anywho, Uh. thanks for listening. (laughs) Chocolate is over. We have, do we only have two more episodes in this series? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing for the next one. I know what you're doing for the next one. What? I'll tell you later. Okay. It's got to be a surprise. <laughs> surprise. Yeah, two more episodes and then this season is done. Wow. Is this, this Sporgus Borg has just flown by. It's been a Sporgus Borg of terrible fun. <laughs> As always. As doesn't always. it always get dark the deeper My we get into things? My mom literally said, she's like, it's just them complaining about capitalism and men. <laughs> I'm just like, that's the tagline for the podcast yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't it always been. Truly. Shouldn't it have always been? Mm. Yeah. Uh, We're not dishing on your favorite foods. We're dishing on how much we <laughs> loathe capitalism. Yeah. Yes. Follow us on Instagram, Pantry Staples Pod. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your foes. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with something else fungus-like. And actually, I think if things go to plan, it might not be as complaining next week. So oh, that's exciting. But probably not. Who are we kidding? <laughs> we'll try our best. Bye. Bye.